following audio is from a sermon series on the book of Colossians entitled, Jesus Over Everything. For more information about Sacred City Church, please visit scmoline.com. Hear the word of the Lord from Colossians 3:17 through 21. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. If you've just joined us, what we've been doing over the last, well, since the beginning of 2020, we've been preaching through the book of Colossians, going verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And if you can recall, the, the book of the Bible, the book of Colossians, starts out with this epic view of Jesus. Okay, it's just Jesus as, as this huge, monstrous, uh, enormous creator of all things. All things were made by him and for him, that he's actually in the control room of heaven, orchestrating everything that goes on here on earth in accordance with his cosmic plan of redemption. And, and, and it goes from this beginning setting of Jesus uh, above all things, and then what Paul does as he continues writing to the church, he works himself down into the nitty-gritty, everyday stuff of life that we experience as Christians, and he shows us how the gospel affects these things in some of the most profound ways. So it's not only Jesus ruling the universe from a cosmic perspective, that Jesus is intimately involved with every aspect of our own lives. And last week we saw how, how the gospel shapes our marriages. And if you missed that, I would encourage you, go back, watch the video, uh, listen to the podcast, and, and catch up with us there. But today we're looking at the last two verses that were read, uh, verses 20 and 21, that speaks on the topic of parenting. And as a, a church family of families, uh, and a lot of them are young families, parenting is always a relevant topic at this church. The thing is, no matter how hard we try at parenting, and I think a lot of us just are really trying to do our best with parenting and raising our kids, but a lot of times we, we find ourselves incapable or inadequate. Parenting has this weird ability to, to capture some of our greatest wins as parents and, and then also some of our greatest failures as parents. And sometimes in the same day. It's crazy, right? And you might go to one of the 60,000 books that Amazon offers on the topic of parenting to, to figure out how to do it right. But the vast majority of these books do not contain as much insight as verses 20 and 21 in Paul's letter to the Colossians. So that's where we're going to go today. And, and before you turn, tune me out, if, if you're thinking they're saying, listen, I don't, I don't have kids or my kids are, are out of the parenting stages and you're trying to tell me this doesn't apply to me, before you jump to that conclusion, let me assure you that these, fer, ver, these verses go far beyond the, the logistics of raising kids and works its way into and shows us the dynamics of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. See, Paul gets at the implications of the gospel within the context of parenting. And what it does, it reflects the glory of our relationship with our heavenly Father. Now, under normal circumstances, 
Paul in, this, in these two verses, he addresses children, addresses parents. Under normal circumstances, I would not have the, the ability to address the majority of children. They'd be downstairs in our kids' ministry wing, learning about Jesus with their peers. But here we are out on lawn. I think this is God's providence so that I get to speak to children and to parents at the same time from these two verses. And so here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to preach two sermons. All right, two mini-sermons. Some mini-sermons. Uh, one specifically directed to the little kids here, and, and then the other two parents and the rest of us. Um, and, and so let me, let me talk to the kids here for a minute. Kids, hey, I see you. Let me hear you. Give me a big shout. Let me see, hear you. There you are. Yeah. So glad you're with us this morning. Listen, I, I want to take a couple minutes to talk just to you, okay? Because we believe that God speaks to his people through the Bible, okay? So we can actually hear what God says to us as we read the scriptures. And God has something to say to you today. He wants to show you how life works best, okay? So when, when we go to the Bible today, it tells us children. It tells you you've got one job, okay? You want to hear what your one job is? You want to hear it? It says, children, obey your parents in everything, have you heard that before? I know my kids have, right? You've heard that. Can, can you say, here's the one job. Obey. That's your job. Say, obey. Say it. Obey. That is your one job. And you know what obey means? Obey means to listen and happily do as you've been told to do. Okay? So, so what kind of things, if I'm going to talk to you about this, what kind of things do your mom and dad tell you to do? You got any ideas? Clean your room. Be nice to your siblings. Maybe go wash your hands before dinner, right? There's all kinds of things that moms and dads tell us to do. Now, why do you think they would ask you to do these things? Do you think it's because they don't like fun? No, I don't think that's it. Do you, do you think it's because they're mean? I don't think so either. I think your mom and dad want to show you the best way that life works. They want to, you to stay healthy and safe and be kind and be happy and to love God and to love others. And so this is a commandment for you. It says to obey your parents and everything. And it's actually a, a command with a promise that if you obey your mom and dad, it will go well for you. Isn't that cool? We have this song at home we sing with our kids. It goes, O-B-E-Y, obey your mom and dad. For if you do, it will go well for you, says the Lord. So there's this promise that if we obey, that it's going to go well for us. And so here's the thing. and There's an even bigger reason why you want to obey your mom and dad. You want to know why it is? It's because it makes God so happy. The, the verse that we're looking at today says that when you obey God or obey your parents, it pleases the Lord. He loves it when you obey your mom and dad. It, it makes him so happy because you are doing that one job that you have and you're doing it so well. It shows that you love and honor and respect your mom and dad. And so it's really exciting to know that, right? That, that we can make God happy when we obey your mom and dad. But listen, if you're, if you're like me and, and like my kids, I think they learned this from me. Have you ever disobeyed? Have you ever not done what you're supposed to do? 
You've broken the rules, maybe ignored mom and dad. And, and typically what happens is there's some sort of consequences. There's some discipline that takes place. Maybe you get your bottom spanked or you lose TV time or a toy gets taken away. And that's because the Bible calls disobedience a sin. It, it, and here's the thing about sin. Sin breaks God's heart. It makes him sad because sin breaks us. Sin keeps us from living life the best way possible. And the only way that our lives can be fixed is by Jesus. Because when we fail and we disobey, Jesus perfectly obeyed God the Father in our place. And Jesus actually takes on our punishment at the cross, where he pays for all of our sins so that when we trust Jesus and believe in him, we are forgiven and God fixes our hearts. And guess what? Guess what happens when we believe and trust in Jesus? God is equally pleased with you when you believe the gospel. So he, he loves it when you obey your mom and dad, and he loves it when you turn to Jesus for forgiveness when you've messed up. And here's the crazy part, that when we cling to Jesus, he actually helps us obey better. Isn't that so cool? That, that Jesus will actually help us obey. Now, I, I appreciate your time, kids. It was very, thanks for, thanks for sticking with me. Now, older kids, those of you who are still at home, I don't mean to patronize you with that, that I don't know, maybe the tone of that, uh, but, but let me just speak to you for a moment because the commandment for you still stands. Right? This, as long as you're under your parents' household, this commandment to obey your parents and everything is still for you. And, and it's actually a dignifying role for you to live into. See, this, this marks your own participation, the own role that you play within your own families, but also within the, the larger context of the church. But here's the deal. Obeying your parents gets harder with time. Okay, it gets a little bit more complicated as life unfolds before you, as you move towards maturity, because here's our tendency. We want to have freedom. And typically we think our rule, parents' rules and what they're telling us to do is sort of holding us back, keeping us restrained from, from the freedom that we long for. But let me tell you right now that this is a lie, that that. The freedom that you're looking for in a lack of rules from parents, a lack of parental oversight, is actually a counterfeit version of freedom. Because when you don't have rules, when you don't have any guidelines, the, 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 uh, the guardrails of life come off. And it opens up us up to destruction. And the more we veer off the road, the more oppressive life becomes. So if your parents are committed to training you and raising you in the way of Jesus, to discipling you in his ways. They are actually teaching you the truest kind of freedom, the, the law of Christ. Okay, uh, James talks about the law of liberty. So there's a sense that, yeah, there are guardrails that keep us enclosed, that give us a direction, but they, don't, they aren't there to restrict us, but to actually express ourselves and to, to be ourselves in the greatest sense. And so here's the freedom of that, that, that uh, abiding by the way of Christ that allows us to stand in the gospel, to, to stand in Jesus. And when you stand in Christ, you know that God is pleased with you, not on the basis of your obedience, but on the basis of Christ's obedience. 
And so there you know that you are loved and embraced and that you are playing your part with the help of the Spirit to follow in the ways of your parents and their guidance. And so we're grateful for you. We're grateful you're here. And we're grateful to see you live into that and know that there's all kinds of grace for you as you go on this journey. Because what your parents are doing here, they are teaching you how to ultimately obey God. When you have that that presence of a parent that's removed from you in in the immediate context and their authority, it's teaching you how to obey God. So when you go out on your own, you are grounded in his love and care. And so I just want to take a minute to close this first sermon and pray for kids specifically. Will you you pray for me? Pray with me. Father, we thank you for kids. We know your, your word tells us the children are a blessing from the Lord, and we want to, as parents and the church, to acknowledge that and affirm that. God, we ask that you would reveal yourself to our children that they would know and love Jesus, that he would help them to walk in in a way that is worthy of their calling, give them the ability to obey, not just out of dutiful obedience, but out of a desire and a love to honor their parents. And God, in their obedience, would you help them? Would you help us as parents to, to create a gospel legacy in this church and in this city? And we pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. All right, first one's done. Sermon number two. Here we go. Parents, this one's for you. So Paul speaks to children. He, he, he talks to them. But actually, the onus of the responsibility for raising our kids in the way of the Lord lies on the parents to make this job, this calling, to obey them the parents' responsibility. So the parents, in a sense, are called to make obedience easy for children. Now, it's not easy in the sense that we ask little from them. It's not easy where we drop the bar or eliminate rules or or what we ask of our kids so they can just sort of by default be scooted into the category of obedience. That's not what Paul is advocating. Rather, he's saying in a way, to parent in a way that makes obedience a delight for our kids. So we're still calling them to obey. We're still calling them to, to, you know, to use biblical language, be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect and imitating him but to do it in a way that delights our kids to obey. It it means to use our God-given parental authority and have it tempered by the gospel, just like you would temper a hammer or a sword, that that if you don't temper that, you, you strike it and it breaks. The tool falls apart. But if it's tempered, it's reinforced, it's, it's made effective for the job it's set out to do. And so our parenting is tempered in the gospel. It's made effective. Now, when Paul talks to parents here, he says in verse 21, this is where he points back to us. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now, when when Paul says this, he's actually diverges from the typical first century ideology of the parent-child relationship. In this context, and and it's present in some current states and, and current family dynamics where it's this very authoritarian demand for obedience. You do this because I said so. And you listen now. And if you don't, there are going to be severe repercussions. 
Now, this is not what Paul is advocating for because this type of parenting, this, this sort of mindset dehumanizes, undercuts, and wounds our kids in profound ways that not only affects the parent-child dynamic, but affects the way that that child is going to grow to see God as their heavenly father. They're going to say, listen, if God is my father, I'm basing my concept of, of, of a parent upon what I experienced with my humanly parents, and they're kind of like tyrants. That must mean God's a tyrant. See, that, that's not helpful. That does not reflect their character of God. So, so on one side, Paul's saying, no, no, that's not it. On the other side, Paul isn't endorsing this, this modern tactic that's been adopted by a lot of parents and that there's no rules. It, it's sort of a free-for-all. You can do whatever you want. There's, it's all grace. Sort of just you know, chart your own course and, and make the most of it. And, and I think that that is one of the biggest mistakes in the modern era that parents tend to make. Because this causes kids, this, this shapes them, their heart, their mind, in ways that causes them to think that they or their feelings are at the center of the universe and everything else that's going on has to adapt to them rather than teaching them that their responsibility is to adapt to God. This causes produces arrogant and entitled children, kids who are oblivious, right? That, that's not what we want to cultivate in our household. But the gospel allows parents to walk between these two ditches on the road of gospel parenting. So one, one, one mistake is the authoritarian parent. One mistake, the other ditch on the other side of the road is, is the parent who says, free for all, do whatever you want. And here, parents in the gospel tread between these two ditches, holding in one hand obedience and in the other grace and gentleness. We want to raise our kids with the heart of Jesus. We, we want them to experience both the grace and the call to obedience. See, in fact, the great commission that Jesus leaves his disciples with is teach them to obey all that I've commanded. There's obedience, but, but key to understanding who Jesus is to understand grace understand forgiveness and mercy and patience. Now, as parents, if we are not expecting or calling our children to obedience, we are helping them disobey God. See, you might actually be responsible for the fail failure of the children. See, obedience to parents for kids, this relation for kids to obey parents is like training wheels for obeying God. Just what I was talking about. When they get out of your household, when they're under your authority, that they understand what it's like to see God, to revere him as their father, and to live according to his ways. A key to this, call how, how we call our kids to obey is the manner in which we make this call with, with patience and gentleness, with the heart of Jesus. You see, this is what verse 21 is saying in the positive. Paul says it in, in the negative. He says, you know, don't provoke. But, but to say it in the positive is to say, support them, help them, encourage them. So Paul tells us, don't be inflammatory. Don't provoke your kids. And, and here he speaks specifically to fathers. 
I think this is very intentional, that, that there's a sense where, yes, it applies to, to parents and general mothers and fathers, but specifically to fathers because, one, as the, the, the authority of the household, the head of the household, we have this responsibility to both lead our wives and our children in a way that reflects the heart of Christ. But also here, dads have this tendency to be openly critical and fault-finding with our kids. We have this tendency to say, you can do better. I expected more of you. And to have sort of this disapproving posture, this face that says, I expected more. It's just dangerous. It's, it's so dangerous for us as parents to compare the real version of our kids to the idealized or the fantasy version of our kids, okay? And say, well, in my dreams, in my, in my fantasies, you're, you're this perfect child. Why aren't you like that? There's a great danger to this. This is actually toxic. This, this gets in and destroys the parent-child relationship. And, and Paul tells us why. He says, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That, that this posture, this attitude, this interaction that we have with kids can actually be deconstructive to their flourishing. N.T. Wright says it like this. He says, children treated like this become discouraged and dispirited, hearing continually, both verbally and non-verbally, that they are of little value. They come to believe it and either sink down into obedient self-hatred or overreact with boastful but anxious self-assertion. See, either way, the response to this, this provocative, inflammatory parenting is not the flourishing of our children. See, this is actually the opposite of, of what the Lord wants from us as parents. He, he wants us to discipline in a way that leads to flourishing, to, to, to this relationship to be a dynamic that, that causes and develops our children in, in maturity in Christ, which means that any discipline that discourages, any Discipline that undercuts our, our kids is not godly discipline. Because our job, our core job as parents is to encourage, to impart that courage to our children. And because our, our kids need it. We, we live in a, a society today where they're going to face all kinds of criticism. They're going to face all kinds of hardship. People who are saying they can't do it or, or be dissenting towards them. What we need to do is to, to equip our kids because they can never be too encouraged in the Lord. We want to equip them to meet the world head on so that the kids can navigate this world with confidence in God, knowing that their identity is not based upon their performance, but on what Jesus has done for them. And so because of that, that frees them up to stand against injustice, to promote compassion and holiness, and to do good in the face of evil, to trust God when it's not the popular thing to do. Because parents, what we're doing here is so significant. See, we're not just raising kids to be contributing members of society, right? To go get a job and, and to be on their way someday, you know, make a living, and then do it all over again. We're training our kids to be the next generation of church members, the next generation of missional community leaders, the next generation of, of pastors and church planters and missionaries, people who are willing to say, I see Jesus. I see this Father in heaven who loves me so deeply that I'm willing to give my whole life to follow him. That's what we're doing. And those who walk faithfully with God, 
Those who have this desire to reflect the Father to their kids, raise their kids to be obedient and to continue that legacy. Now, what does it take from us? What, what, what does it take for us to do this in a way that reflects the heart of Christ? Well, it, it tells us that we have to parent in a way that reflects the heart of the Father. Because the heart of Jesus comes from the heart of the Father. But we tend to do, we tend to do to God what our kids do to us, right? We disobey. We, we rebel. We push against. Right, kids, if you want to go home and ask your mom and dad if, they've ever, if they can obey God perfectly, I'll, I'll save you the answer. It's no, they can't. And so that puts us in the place where we need the same grace that our kids need. And we might even need it even more so. So how does God respond to us in our place of need? Well, I think Psalm 103, our, our call to worship this morning, says it perfectly. Let me just read it here. This is the Lord's disposition to us as wayward children. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Amen. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who honor him, those who fear him. For as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions for us. As a father. See, God isn't just like a, a, a kind of father or an imitation of a kind. God is the archetypal father. As the father shows compassion to his children, so, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. It goes on, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commands. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And listen, this is the Old Testament picture of God. There is not this dichotomy between the Old Testament version of God, who's this wrathful, angry God, and, and the New Testament, who's the God of love. It's the same God. The heart of God is united in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so if this is his disposition to us as wayward kids and, and, and we are the ones who are veering off, how should we relay this to our own kids? The kindness of the Father, the, the undeserving love that's just continually poured out. Because when you know the love of the Father for yourself, you want to obey him. You want to live your life for him and then imitate him in your own parent-child dynamics. And this pleases him to see God the Father seeing little imitators of him in all these households that are spread out across the Quad Cities. See, God wants us to, to please him, to draw near to him, to worship him, to see him for who he is. And, and the way that we do that is by giving Jesus the control of our lives at home and at work. So parents, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you as the task for you stands that you would encourage your kids. This work matters. This, this might be the most important work that you do, raising your kids in the way of the Lord. It carries profound weight and a deep joy because this points us and our children to Jesus. Nothing exposes your need for the grace of God than trying to parent your kids 
And so for those of you who are grinding out in the younger years, right, where you come to the end of the day and you just can't wait for bedtime because then you get just a minute of peace and quiet, right? To, to those parents who are navigating the middle school, high school, college years where it's like, you know, I'm starting to back off and I don't exactly know what this dynamic looks like and you're just like, pull, like what, what do I do, what do I do? And the uncertainty of it, the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. Press into him and the heart of the Father. Parenting carries great significance, and the Lord will use it mightily. So parents, let us commit to loving our children the way God the Father loves us. Let us commit to calling them to obedience and extending grace when they fall short, because God has extended grace to us. Amen. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. There is nothing that we have done to deserve this. Yet you never stop. You, you never withhold your love from us. You never look at us with a disapproving face because in Christ, we know that we have, uh, we have the satisfaction, that we have the approval of you because Christ obeyed perfectly in our place. And we let that be the thing that forms us, that be our core identity, that be what defines us in the most inner parts of our hearts. And would that overflow into our homes? We ask this, God, for our good, for, for, the, for the love of God and the glory of his beautiful name and for the good of our children. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.